Is there an ice cream truck in the background that I just heard? If so, could you grab me one? I'm. <laughs> yeah, I just uh, this is this is my neighborhood. The the window is open. Yeah, I'm not. Get me one of those that look like a really upsetting Ninja Turtle head. Those are my favorites. Oh, no. <laughs> That's right, where the the gumball eyes are just sort of malaligned. It's like like falling out of their own accord. <laughs> Twenty second, twenty sixteen. I'm Ryan, and I'm Sandy. I'm Yannick, and I'm also Ryan. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> and this is Pixels Weekly. Very cool. Look at that. We have two Ryans on the show today. You need to make new friends. <laughs> That's gonna... Pretty soon, we'll be able to muscle everybody else out, and it'll, it'll just be us. <laughs> yes, and it'll be a truly great minds think alike. Great Ryans think alike. <laughs> That's right. That's the dream anyways. All right, guys. Today we're talking about comedy as part of our editorial, but I want to kick off the show by giving you just a weird list of stuff, maybe to get your comedy juices flowing. And here are some of the longest video game names ever. Okay? (laughs) So we're going to start with this one. Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo HD Remix. (laughs) Uh, Metal Gear Solid 4, Guns of the Patriots, somehow seems shorter. Fantasy Star (laughs) Universe, (laughs) Ambition of the Illuminous. Oh my god. Uh, Where where would we we be without Romance of the Three Kingdoms 4, Wall of Fire. Star Wars, oh, everyone knows this one, Star Wars, colon, Knights of the Old Republic 2, The Sith Lords. Uh, Sam and Max episode three, comma, uh, colon, the mole, comma, the mob, and the meatball. And of course, <gasps> advanced Dungeons and Dragons, colon, Eye of the Beholder 2, dash, the legend of Dark Moon. So, Ryan, is that something that we do right now? We just like want our listeners to leave right away at the beginning of the show? <laughs> they just abandoned the show. Oh my god, video games, you guys. They're really dumb, aren't they? <laughs> guys, we have Ryan Heyman joining us on the show. Ryan Heyman, I'm saying that correctly, yes? Yes, that is correct. <laughs> Although I'm not all that particular about it. Like, it is mis- mispronounced by, like, 98% of the human population, so not at all concerned. Hey, friend, same here. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, where are you from for people on the internet, for for these new people that may not know you? Uh, you mean like in real life or where do I call my kind of digital home? <laughs> Let's do both. You're, uh, why not? Right. In real life, I am a uh, mild-mannered and, and very attractive young lad from Seattle, Washington. Extremely attractive. And on the internet, I am uh, one of the hosts of the Kane and Rinse podcast and uh, the spinoff Sound of Play podcast where we talk about video game music. Um, I'm a writer for the Kane and Rinse website, and I do uh, reviews for a couple websites here and there, and then just some uh, freelance writing and podcast work wherever I can uh, get my feet in the door. You have true video game chops, sir, and you are far too high class <laughs> for this program, but we appreciate you lowering yourself to the no, level no, required. Sir. It's from one Ryan to another. It's always good to to meet a fellow in ours. <laughs> That's right. 
All right, guys. Well, we uh, start off the show traditionally. Uh, this is, by the way, Pixels Weekly, our weekly video game podcast, despite what you may have heard so far. <laughs> and we start off the show with hodgepodge, what we're playing, what's in our minds, what's in the news. Yannick, what do we have for some hodgepodge today? Yeah. Uh, I figured we never really talk about a hardware that much in the show. Mm. And so I just wanted to give a quick good deal. I've talked about that with many of my friends and uh in video games and i just wanted to point out that those new nvidia uh graphic cards that just came out really are worth checking out um just because um comparing to last year the may every middle of may uh nvidia and the other brands are pretty much releasing a new version and this year is particularly great it has like a 20 percent better uh performances on it at a lower price than you know what a version like that would come out at last year it came out at a thousand dollars or something around that Wolf. Yes. and now it's and now it's at seven hundred dollars and it's better and you know so and it's you know it's not a ripoff it's it's nvidia so what i would recommend out there that's that's my hodgepodge here it's just to uh d- don't hold hold on to those because you're gonna have the kind of like the you know the suppliers of nvidia also kind of like releasing their own graphic cards which are mostly sometimes better and are using the same way of of building it except it doesn't it's not going to have the nvidia brand on it and you can you can get like a hundred dollar discount off of those and uh and yeah i've seen i've seen some great screenshots unfortunately i'm just i'm just like glancing at a lot of reddit posts and a lot of the web out there to try and set up my uh a new pc for myself uh, that I would be able to set up this summer, so I'm. I'm You're gonna join the master race. I'm really on the watch of. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm still debating whether I should get a Mac or or build my own to have fun build that build that out and uh, and I so I'm I'm kind of like um, on the uh, on the fence, but uh, definitely go check those out uh, if you can. If we're gonna put the link in the description. They look really great. I've seen only screenshot like I was saying um about like from the witcher and those new modes they even have a mode in the graphic card that just lets you i guess in their software that they ship it with uh you can pretty much remove remove the hud of any game and uh and get a like ultra high resolution screenshot for the screenshot you might want to get from games um that's crazy yeah i've I've never really yeah yannick's on the fence but I've committed to purchasing Wow, and it's card. called the 1080, right? Which is just a great excuse for us to yeah. say 1080 on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I took that hotspot. That's why that's, that was my secret. That's, that's a little confusing because for people who are really into that high level of uh, PC gameplay, 1080p is actually on the lower end right. of the resolution. So <laughs> now it they is. want to be like really Indeed. binding exactly. themselves to that number. Noobs don't know about 1080p. Crystal clear. 60 frames a second. I'm losing my mind. <laughs> I know they should have just started. I mean, because they also come up with like the silly names, like the Titan. Yeah, there you go. Right, so they should have just done something like that. I feel like Razor has sillier names. Oh yeah, the like the Mamba. Yeah. <laughs> the Adder and other stuff. <laughs> Sandy, what, what's what's the hodgepodge from you? Uh, it's been hard for me because I've been there's so much information being thrown at me, uh, and it's pretty overwhelming. Uh, the thing that catches my eye all the time is um, anything that has to do with like action figures and video games. So that's been my thing where I've been like looking at, and apparently there's life size Overwatch. I heard about figures. this. Wait, what? Uh, <laughs> 
in the ether. Wait a minute, what's life size? I thought they were 12 well, inches. Well, I think life size action figures, <laughs> I don't. I hear life size action figures yeah. and I'm losing my mind. I'm literally losing my mind. I can't contain it. I gotta, gotta get I that gotta one. What does that mean? Because when I hear life size action figures, I think like real dolls and stuff. Which I, I don't know if that's what, uh, what Blizzard wants to be getting into. I don't know. There's a couple of those Overwatch characters well, that I would go to town with. I mean, just really have a nice <laughs> Widowmaker. I'm. I'm looking at an oversized. I'm looking at a life-size tracer doll. What? It it was probably for a special event marketing event that they had right before they did something with the game, and and I'm seeing a life-sized tracer doll in a box, package, and I'm like, I want that mm. in miniature. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's coming. Well, that sounds cool. E three gadgets yeah. eventually, <laughs> and they'll just be ten thousand dollars. Possibly. Um. <laughs> Probably. My hodgepodge this week is uh, the video game Doom. Yeah. <laughs> I bought it. I've been playing it. Did you play it better than Polygon? Oh. <laughs> Can I tell you something? <laughs> this is so specifically, I don't have a review for Doom yet. I'm only like, you know, a couple hours, slash two, three, four levels in. Let me just give you some bullet points and then talk about something that I think we need to talk about, which is bullet point number one there is no reloading. That makes me so happy. <laughs> choo 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 just like it used to be number two there actually is levels that begin and end number three health does not recover you have to pick it up these three things in combination make it a very authentic feeling game it feels like an older game uh, but it looks gorgeous now the thing that i want to talk to you guys about is i listen to so many other gaming podcasts um, like the fine ones that Ryan's a part of. <laughs> oh, thank you. Canon Rinse and Sound of Play, TM, 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 website. And I also listen to Idle Thumbs and Giant Bombcast and Idle Weekend. And all of these podcasts that I'm listening to, they're all surprised that the game is good. <laughs> React. <laughs> I think. I think one reason why is like the when we have not it's not even a sequel right I mean it's kind of like a uh, reboot yeah. of Doom it's like a right? reboot yeah it's like a reboot they're, they're, they're just gonna be like oh well it's not gonna feel like before before was before and today is the present and it's not gonna be the same there was so many so many dis- disappointment in the past where uh, long after you've seen a series kind of like dead for a while and being reborn it hasn't had the it has had the hype but they had that hype hasn't been answered, so I, I guess that's why people have been really skeptical about you it. You mean Duke Nukem? <laughs> you mean Duke, Duke Nukem? Well, this is kind of following up on the <laughs> Wolfenstein reboot as well, and I, I don't know this. This wasn't the same team, was it? But it is kind of in the same uh, aesthetic overall, and with Wolfenstein being such a success that it was, um, you know that. It, it does put a little bit of faith back in this whole kind of retro revival. Like they kind of are able to pick out what we liked about those, um, about those brands back then, instead of just rebooting it to be a call of duty game these days. Totally. And I think that there was something to it that I was reacting to specifically that Ryan, which is this, the last shooter that they came out with. That was not like a open world RPG ish. They, they only seem to make good games these days, or at least decent games. Mm-hmm. If you don't count Elder Scrolls online, and <laughs> um, and so I was just kind of taken aback. I was like, guys, I expected it to be good. I expected it to be good since the moment they held a press conference at E3, their first ever to talk about it. 
So obviously I felt like they had faith in the game the whole time. I recognize it came out a little quietly and a little sort of without pomp and circumstance, but I'm all the way in. I think it's really good. You should try Doom. At my station in the subway, I knew about it. I had my station in the subway that I would like l- arrive at in New York. I would have those, this like hundred yard of like oh. you know hallway in the subway with like the, the painting of all the monsters of doom. I'm like, oh my god! In the morning, is this a nightmare? Like every Ooh. time I have to check, like look at those in the in this hallway. So I was I was aware of it, but <laughs> un- unintentionally. Yeah, I, so they had their their print the marketing. Someone game. put a Bernie Sanders sticker. <laughs> Bernie Sanders Doom. <laughs> yeah, oh, I saw. One of the, yeah, one I of saw that. Bernie I saw Sanders that. sticker, and I was just like, Let course, me tell you something. We would, we would the do demons that. don't care about you. I want to break up all the demons. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Ryan. So in that show, you're gonna you're gonna have to compete with impressions. I'll <laughs> we'll have to see what I can do. Now, Ryan, there's no pressure on you, Mm -hmm. but there's a little bit of pressure. Okay. Do you have any hodgepodge that you'd like to add? Yeah. Well, I've been, just like everybody else in the world, I've been playing through Hitman recently and have been really, really loving that. Um, I I had kind of a funny experience where I was playing Hitman and finishing up uh, The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask at the same time for uh, Kane and Rince, our our main podcast, and... um, it's kind of funny the similarities between those two games a little bit. The, really? the idea that you are in this repeating environment and your power comes from knowing where everything is and how everything is going to happen every single day, just like a, like Bill Murray and Groundhog Day. Like it's so cool having this kind of godlike knowledge of this uh, this little. I mean, not a little environment, even this uh, these pretty massive environments and um, being able to kind of leverage your knowledge of everybody's schedule and, and daily um, activities to uh, be able to do some pretty impressive things. Um, it, it, it encourages really creative play styles and um, a lot of experimentation. It, it kind of follows the uh, Witcher 3 route where there's just a lot of scripted things that are happening like there's not a lot of uh, emergent things that are going on in the world like the the systems aren't leading to random opportunities that that open up a um you know just cause two levels of chaos or anything but um but there's so much scripted stuff that it still feels like a living world that's reacting to you and that you can really meaningfully interact with just so many layers of scripted things on top of scripted things that are happening that uh um it's really exciting just kind of like peeling back one layer at a time and trying to understand how all the pieces work together and um i've been really enjoying my time with that one that's another one of those games where it came out a reboot kind of franchise and everyone's like hey i can't believe it it's really good yeah well because it had a really (laughs) troubled developmental period as well which um so yeah seeing how many times it was or at least the the distribution method was changed like it went from being a full release to being episodic and uh I think a lot of Square Enix's games for a while there were going through some kind of massive overhauls as to how they were going to distribute them. Yes. So I'm I'm really happy that Just Cause or no, sorry, not Just Cause, that uh Hitman ended up coming out on the the right end of that and it's been excellent so far. So when is the when is the next episode coming mm-hmm. out? There is a 
I'm, so they're going to release that game episode and episodic releases, right? Right. I think there's going to be six episodes in total, and they've been releasing probably about one per month so far. But I've not been uh, up on when those are coming. I'm just kind of uh, happily sitting there and waiting for them to arrive on my PlayStation. Um. All right. Well, we have uh, Ryan with us, and w- mm. we wanted to seize that opportunity to talk about something that he's written about before, um, which is comedy. In video games. So I just, I I wanted to say, obviously, we don't have to introduce the listeners to what comedy is. They listen to this show. They understand it deeply. <laughs> <laughs> but in terms of comedy in games, I'm sure we've all had moments where games have made us laugh. Maybe it was an out loud. Maybe it was a smirk. Maybe sometimes uh, humor has rubbed us the wrong way in games. I just want to start maybe comedy and games and sort of memorable moments in comedy and games. Well, one of the things when I'm doing any kind of uh, analysis of games or doing any kind of writing about games in general is it, it's really easy to compare games to other established mediums. Like we can talk about the soundtrack of a game and we can leave it at this is just a really good composition. Uh, you know, we can talk about comedy in games as this was a funny joke that somebody wrote and a character delivered well and it made me laugh and can kind of leave it at that and that's fine you know there's a lot of really good writing in video games there's a lot of really good vocal performances especially but uh, one of the things that interests me when looking at video games is like what can this medium do that no other medium can Mm. and that usually centers around interactivity or uh, spontaneous emergent events and both of these, um, both of these things make writing comedy <laughs> for this medium very, very difficult. Because if the player is given agency as to how a scene proceeds, then there's no way of really being able to uh, to predict um, the comedic timing, which is essential in comedy. There's no mm-hmm. way to be able to, um, I guess, to really. Uh, to get that sense that everything is is flowing on a um on the comedic scheduling the rule of threes and the um it, unless you're segmenting all of your comedy to cutscenes, which isn't really um you know that that's just writing a comedy film or a comedy right, skit like that's the same thing and you can but, you even give people agency mm-hmm. to perhaps skip these moments <laughs> that's true <laughs> yeah but i've been really interested in some examples of uh, you know, if we were to strip out the writing, because any medium can do that, if we were to strip out the uh, the visuals, what's happening on screen, because, you know, a, a Tom and Jerry cartoon can convey the same sort of thing that a well-animated comedic video game can, like, in what ways can the interaction itself be funny? And mm. there's there's... A very few games that I feel really kind of get at this new form of comedy that we haven't really explored very much before. But uh, I wanted to highlight as an example, Octodad, Dadliest Catch. <laughs> yeah. I think like the idea of an octopus who is impersonating a human and trying to pass off as a human uh, to his family who doesn't yet know he's an octopus, like that's funny in and of itself. But again, that gets back into writing and visuals, which, um, you know, while they're applauded, like, you know, anybody can, any medium can do that. But I think where it really excels is that 
it's genuinely funny to play. And I think even if they stripped out all of the character, all of the writing, all of the textures, and we were just moving those shapes around uh, with the control scheme the way it is, like that would still right. be funny. And it's a really interesting balance between this comedy of errors while not being frustrating on the player. And that's another one that's just as fun to watch as it is to play as you're kind of flailing around and trying to get your feet on the ground and uh, accomplish these mundane everyday tasks in this uh, difficult to control body. Yeah, so that, that's one of my personal favorites there. It's funny that as a control scheme, comedy, you know, there, there's like uh, structures of movies or types of mm. audio things where comedy fits well into a medium. Um but almost like physics simulations of any sorts because they're so clumsy (laughs) sort of lend themselves to being ridiculous. Right. Yeah. And I think the, uh, as we'll see with something else, like, uh, like grand theft autos and the heavy rains and stuff of the world, like it's funny to, uh, leverage your interactivity to make those worlds act in a silly way. Um, it's funny because they set themselves up to look like a real world and to look like real people doing real things. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the the closer it approximates reality, the more satisfying it is to break that reality, which is why I've always been more amused by silly things happening in Grand Theft Auto than I have been in like Saints Row, because that world already doesn't take itself seriously. And so being able to you know, cause a, a massive uh, car crash pile up or something in a Grand Theft Auto or or maneuver your heavy rain character in such a way that makes it look like he is incapable of drinking from a cup of coffee like a normal human being. Like, that's funny because there's an expectation that it's breaking down, which is one of the kind of core tenets of comedy anyways. So I, I do always uh, really like those as well. And then, of course, things like Goat Simulator go into the, the very silly end of things where it sets up a world and says, just go out there and cause chaos and have fun and just do whatever you want in this kind of cartoony way, which is great. Sandy and Yannick, what standout moments? Have you had any funny moments in a game where it's just like there's something about it that just gets you every time or or one time? <laughs> I, I think it's more like the funny things that happen when other people are playing. So hmm. when you play Halo online, there's so much opportunity for stuff to just go wrong. Yeah. And we all remember like red versus blue and all those little like snippets of people uploading videos of this shouldn't have happened, but it did. So just imagine throwing a grenade, bouncing off, it comes back to you and then you die because of that because you didn't calculate a thing being in there or you're a friend jumping in and it bouncing off of him. Halo is a mess, and I love it. <laughs> I, I, even like talking about those physics simulations, uh, to the earlier point of hyper-real games breaking, mm. anytime something ragdolls, it's hilarious <laughs> to me. Or yes. they're, they're, I mean, I was playing The Division, and one guy, after I finished shooting him full of, you know, a, a thousand bullets, because that's how many bullets it takes to kill anyone in The Division, he just fell over, but like his sort of knees stayed rigid and he was just like butt up in the air <laughs> and I was like this is exactly how you would die of course <laughs> of course 
or when you're in the like kind of hyper horror uh bloodborne and you're slicing through these nightmare creatures and then one of them like ragdolls and gets stuck on your foot <laughs> and so right. you just kind of got this this horrible nightmare creature flopping around behind you as you're trying to run around and shake it off like it's uh, right. like dog dog shit or something yeah i kind of like sing a little song i'm like do 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 as you kind of like kick them around <laughs> right and there is something and that's they're fun things to share with other people too. I've always mm. thank God that these consoles can let me screenshot and just like record video anytime <laughs> I want. That's one of the funny things when they were talking about the uh, screenshot and video functionality on the PlayStation four and to a lesser extent, the Xbox one. Um, I like right when they announced that I knew like this is going to be 100% people just sharing glitches. Oh yeah. And I almost was kind of curious, like how are the developers going to react? Because the only things that are going to be uploaded to YouTube are look how broken this game is. Yeah. It is. There's something that gets me every time about Bloodborne. Indeed, mm. when uh, those monstrous hunters fall off the map, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you got it. And it feels like it feels legitimately good because it. in a game that, as punishing as Bloodborne. You, every every any time a bad guy like messes up or makes some mistake, you're like, "Thank God!" You know, like, uh, you're like, "Give me a break!" <laughs> finally, finally, they're kind of stupid. There was, I was <laughs> like, "Bloodborne," and uh, there's one part where there's a guy. He's like on a tower. He's shooting down at you. And mm. um, yes, I'm thinking about that too. <laughs> I got up there and he just did a roll dodge and fell right off the tower. <laughs> uh, and I only, really, I guess, only is. I'm trying to figure out, like, to you, Ryan, does that map as a visual? It's like a visual. It's also sort of unscripted. It's AI behaving badly in that scenario, right? Right. Um, I mean, the essence of comedy is setting up an expectation and then subverting that expectation. And I think uh, in, another example of that is uh, in Dark Souls 2, there is a boss pretty early on in the game that is very easy to exploit into him charging at you and running off the side of his stage <laughs> and that's funny because he's this massive uh armored bloke who uh is an intimidating presence and it's got this boss music that kicks right up and you can do this just about the first thing when you step into this arena and so the the music swells and then he just runs off the side of his course and uh you know he's the music ends. <laughs> yeah, pretty much you defeated <laughs> so yeah it's another one of those moments that just it's funny because the game is setting up a story and a narrative and it's like that would never happen in a movie or a book because there's somebody who has agency over the, over the events of the book. And uh, there's somebody who's overseeing, you know, there's a director, there's actors, there's continuity people who, who check and make sure that every little thing is perfect. And so for something so massive as a major character, like accidentally tripping and killing themselves, like that would never <laughs> happen. Uh, and it, it messes up the arc of the story, but in a, in a really satisfying way that, that is, I know it's such a uh, such a comedy of errors again. I want to talk to you guys now about like the scripted moments in games because there seems to be certain games and certain studios that are just better at making making the funny. Let's face it, than, than others. And I always point to for me early games. I remember not even that early. I mean, recent games in memory that I remember being particularly funny is like Portal Two. Like I remember mm. playing that game and just thinking. 
GLaDOS, the computer AI thing, was just... I wanted to play that game as much for her personality and how she was pulling me through mm-hmm. it as I did the puzzle solving. Yeah, I love that game. Yeah, Portal 2 so good. But, I mean, like, have you ever been pulled through a game because it was funny rather than because it was good? I've always been um, more interested about the... Uh the fun that the gearbox software games are mm. uh just the, the 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 graphics of it and i know that they put a lot of emphasis on the yeah on the sound effects of the enemies and kind of like exaggerate everything and the always the personalities of the enemies have that silliness in them uh that somehow you can't really take them seriously <laughs> and um so all those like borderlands the borderland series and the, even lately the moba battleborn Uh, they put they put some great great work on the on the uh, on the characters design and on their personalities and on what they say and you know the jokes they're cracking and uh, and yeah even though I never played it it's those games like if I find it in the directory and I find some uh, in the in the Twitch directory uh, I will just jump on any streamers and just kind of like you know check it out for 15 minutes because I know like that environment that scenery is going to make me smile or laugh mm. those guys are really good at making those kind of games i really liked borderlands uh one and probably around the same amount too in terms of its comedy writing but i don't know there's something about battleborn bleedlebean Bertleban. Uh, it's just it it like hit me too much i don't know if it's just like yeah because the structure of that game is not an rpg that's pulling me forward it's just like Um, I don't know if you you guys know uh, the term mm. punch up, uh, but punch up is like this Hollywood thing where if there's a character, like especially in an animated movie, if nothing funny is happening, but it's supposed to be a funny movie, they'll just kind right. of have a character off screen going, I guess I fell. And That's how you feel about those games? That's how you feel about Battleborn? Well, no, Battleborn only seems like punch up to me. Yeah. It just seems like, nah, he's supposed to be shooting someone. Say, make a joke about farts and you know, yeah. so it keeps going. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing about humor is it's all subjective and, and more so in the kind of written stuff. Like, I, I've never been uh, a fan of the. Um, the borderland style of writing i've always found it a little bit more like look how obnoxious we can make these characters look how loud we can make them and and yeah. that to me it just didn't really sit that well with me but um but again it is entirely subjective and i will you know kind of defend to the grave uh, a particularly one that comes to mind is retro city rampage uh, that's one that a lot of people don't sure. like the humor of because it's Uh, mostly pretty referential humor, which is easy to not do well. Uh, and it can be read as kind of cheap, like this is a thing that exists and we're not really going to comment on it, but we're just going to remind you and therefore you owe us a laugh pretty much. A Gex enter the gecko situation, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I've always been a uh, proponent of, um, of Retro City Rampage because I feel like they did a good job of every time they're referencing something, They're always referencing at least three different properties at the same time and then really kind of intelligently weaving the three of them together um, in ways that kind of subverts the most obvious one and um, are kind of you know, putting multiple properties together and saying like, what if, you know, Metal Gear Solid and Sonic the Hedgehog were 
in one world and the rules of both applied to the situation. And so I've always been more interested in kind of yeah. the, the, the depth of the, uh, uh, intertextuality between those jokes, but a lot of people it's rubbed the wrong way. And so, you know, there, there's never going to be any agreement on whether there is truly great, funny games or not. I can remember very vividly and distinctly. Um, I don't know. Did any of you guys play sunset overdrive? Hmm. Yeah. There's a quest at the end. I haven't. Yeah. <laughs> There's a quest at the end of Sunset Overdrive where um, you go to this person and they just they tell you, "I'm out of quest markers. Yeah. I need you to go around collecting quest markers <laughs> so I can then." And it's just That's like pretty funny. <laughs> so it's just the idea of to me a game like there are games that are aware that they're video mm. games, right? And want you to be in on that joke. These are these are like the Stanley parable, right? A game that kind of yeah. knows what it's doing with you and is having fun with that idea. Uh, recently, William Pug, one of the developers of the Stanley parable, put out uh, on on Steam for free, which anyone can play, and it only takes about 20 minutes or so. Dr. Langeskov, the Tiger, and the Terribly Cursed Emerald, a whirlwind heist, uh, which is <laughs> a very funny game. It's kind of in that same style where you are going into... It's like a movie set where a video game is supposed to be happening, but there's already a player going through it, and so you're kind of going behind the scenes and helping out with... Uh, making oh, all that's of really the cool. sound effects and all the visual effects happen in that player's game, <laughs> which obviously, I mean, it's all yeah. just a ruse and all. But um, yeah, it, it's a very, it's a very funny game that plays with that kind of metatextuality very well. That's where the indie games yeah, shine. Yeah. I think that's where they, you know, that's where they they're unique in themselves. Is that they're I find them having always something like a special mm. touch, and sometimes it's always a twist around comedy. Mm. Uh, compared to other triple A games and and the games that we all uh, have described, yeah. um, indie games have that you know because they have some sort of you know they don't you haven't most of them when you when you go and pick them up you may have not have seen a lot of them so there is a lot of surprise you get from them. I think Double Fine does a good job of that. Double Fine yeah. with their games they have like the little humor in here and there so you can kind of pick it up and you're like oh yeah. That mm. that's that was funny. I think indie games have a particular advantage because um, they have usually just one writer or even maybe sometimes one designer for the entire game, and that really allows a strong authorial voice to come through. Whereas AAA games have to pass through so many dozens of people to get to a final draft that there's so many voices yeah. contributing to it, and you know the. The ones that are the exceptions, the Secret of Monkey Islands, the Psychonauts, the Portal 2s, like they specifically employ one writer or, you know, two writers or somebody because they know that it's important to have that single vision and that single voice that guides you through the project. I, th I think you're right. I can see just in my head anything that would go through an EA <laughs> to be so focus grouped. Mm. <laughs> that you know i mean like ubisoft literally in assassin's creed would ask you at the end of a mission hey uh, 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 how'd you like this mission <laughs> another <laughs> one star out of like three. three sorry stars? guys <laughs> <laughs> i know <laughs> it's i almost would rate a mission poorly in that game just because i was offended that they would ask <laughs> um so i i think it's interesting we've talked before on this show about streaming and how streaming has changed games mm. what effect has 
Twitch had on comedy in games because it seems to me like there's a lot of people becoming mm. popular because they're playing I Am Bread mm. or they're playing a horror game like PewDiePie, for example, right. and screaming like a girl over the top of it. Um, you know, what is the repercussions in, in your guys' mind? How do you think it's affected it? Yeah, it's it's funny when you think about it. I, I, I kind of have an opinion about it. And I don't want to sound like a psychologist. I have no major in that whatsoever. Neither a minor, but like it, it's a different type of laugh. <laughs> but if you had a minor, it would have been okay. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, it's like even um, even a you know when you play alone, it's gonna be a different laugh than when you have a than when you have that that social laugh when you crack a joke with yeah. friends and when you also play in multiplayer game like either with them on the same couch uh, or or now most of the time online. Um, you have, yeah, you have a, I mean, you have an easier time to entertainment, to crack a laugh and, and have a good time. And I think those, you know, this, the interaction you are able to get for free on Twitch is, uh, it's, I've, I've, I've had a lot of fun last night watching a guy just playing that game called, uh, Mount New Friends mm, yeah. on stream. It's a good and one. it's just that <laughs> athletic, athletic sport and just the way... Just the way everything moves in the characters that they play with, I'm not, I'm gonna keep it there. Uh, just the way everything moves and the way the the gestures, you know, it's one of those games where one key uh, will will be uh, attached to a to a body part, like hand, you know, like there's like four keys, two for each leg, and you know, oh yeah, two for each hand, and you have to move your character with that. So even the motion of the character is very funny, and just each and one of them kind of like challenging each other with that stupid you know jiggly characters try to climb on top of each other it was the it was the best combo we have to all play it by the way i, to, <laughs> I forgot to mention that I think, to you i think it's game gang beasts they're two right? separate games um oh, okay but yeah mountain your friends is a kind of a tower building like you try to get as high up on the tower as you can and then gang beast is more of a power stone kind of wrestling game almost where you throw your <laughs> your friends into meat grinders and whatnot oh my god yeah and like the, the you know the communicative laugh the community you know the fun is very communicative on steam on on, on on twitch and uh and yeah you can pretty much have you know have never seen and never heard of a game and and still really have a good time and and then find the fun out of it I think Twitch makes for very funny moments. I remember day nine playing Amnesia with his lights off, with his stuffed rabbit, and just freaking out over everything, and then listening to the chat, and the chat has already played the game, so they're setting him him up, not for success, but for like a, a jump scare and a disaster. So it's just these mm. moments of people playing the game the way someone else is telling them, and it's completely, it could be incorrect, it could be just a way to like scare you, and him just screaming like he's like he's about to die. And I'm like, it's it's like video game day nine. Like, calm down, nothing's gonna <laughs> jump through you. But just seeing that, I saw that, and we um, we did a screen capture of his face. And whenever I need like a good laugh or a good pick me up, I go back to that clip because it's just so ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> there is something that Twitch unlocked, which is people like seeing other people get scared. Have you ever just pranked someone to scare them? Or so? Like, I mean, growing up in a house of four brothers, right? Like, I'm one of four brothers. All the time, like a classic thing in my house was if you're like just finishing up in the bathroom and you're walking out, one of us is going to be like hiding behind a chair or the next no, door. I do that all the time. Go, 
blah! And the person knows I was like, and then we go, ha, ha, ha. With Twitch and YouTube, the thing about the, uh, the commentary is that it's meant to bridge the gap between like you're supposed to be engaging with an interactive format but if you're just watching it that's kind of a passive way to engage with mm-hmm. it and so the uh the commentary is supposed to kind of walk you through what the process of playing it is like um but you know these are games especially comedy games that already have comedic writing in them um don't translate that well to it because you know you're not really adding anything to it with your commentary or uh, it's kind of like how mystery science theater never used to talk over funny movies because the only thing that you can say is oh that wasn't very funny and that gets really old really quickly <laughs> and it creates a, a really negative atmosphere um and so yeah you, you don't see a lot of people streaming like sam and max or or those you know really funny games but something that is horror i think translates a little bit better because um there is that subversion Especially so many games now that take themselves so seriously. It's just like, all right, relax. I mean, I love and just finished playing Uncharted 4, but there's games can kind of break themselves or break the tone, especially if like Uncharted has these notorious difficulty spikes. Mm. And if I just die 50 times and it's just falling off a ledge and my body going (laughs) limp and hearing my best friend and partner slash wife or whoever go, Nate, no, Nate. (laughs) (laughs) Or or in Metal Gear Solid, snake, snake. (laughs) Just after a while, you're like, oh my God, this is... I can't anymore. And it, it, comedy can, in, a, in a weird way can make a game less effective in those scenarios. <laughs> well, guys, before we, we kind of wrap up this comedy topic, I, I want you to pinpoint and say, like, what game to you is the funniest, if you will. If you have to point to one and go, this is the type of the type of humor I appreciate or the type of comedy that resonates with me most, what do you think that is? It's WWE 2K16. <laughs> <laughs> WWE. WWE. It's such a good... It's the game and the designers and the WWE. I'm pretty sure they take themselves a little bit seriously in that. And there's fun yeah. moments. But I think just the game allows you to do things mm. that are just so ridiculous. <laughs> and the physics breaks. You, you know, yeah. Triple H has short hair now, so we don't know how good the hair physics is anymore. Uh, I... I love that game. That game is comedy gold. There's something about those fighting games when you're able to create your own character and they literally let you bring any type of morphism, any type of shape to the face, nose, or even, you know, body type. Oh, yeah. And you can just, like, just make someone that is not human, pretty much. And even that... Oh, we didn't even talk about character creators. I mean, (laughs) Polygon Polygon recognizes the value and how funny a character creator can be, right? Uh, This might speak towards more about... uh, I mean, I think it caters particularly well to my profession. I'm a, I'm a psychologist. And so I love Psychonauts because it uses its comedy, uh, like it stitches its comedy into every aspect of the, um, every aspect of the gameplay experience. Like the worlds are representations of a person's psychic state. Like they're, um, if somebody has a uh, has schizophrenia or something, then that is going to be manifest in their uh, 
in their mind when you enter their mind, like a Mario 64 level, like you're going to see this is what the world mm-hmm. looks like through the eyes of somebody with this particular disorder or with this particular um, outlook on life or, you know, trying to suppress all of their inner demons or something. And so it uses its comedy as a way of, of reinforcing its characters and reinforcing its gameplay and um, just everything about that. It, and it also employs multiple different styles of humor. Like it uses, uh, it, it's like it uses parodies of things from the kind of Freudian and Jungian, like psychology background and it it uses kind of pop culture type references and it uh uses slapstick and um and just a lot of different varieties of humor and so i think that psychonauts is pretty exceptionally well made and written well you took mine so uh sorry i meant monkey island too no no this is great this this backs up our our great minds thinking Mm -hmm. like all right i'm gonna i'm gonna scramble to come up with another one yannick bail me out here Hold on. Can you give me? You cut off when you uh, asked the question. Uh, can you give me the, the the type of game you wanted me to oh, talk about? Oh, talk about a, a game that is just like funny to you. It's just like it, it's striking all the right. Notes. How about Manhunt too? That one's a, a real barrel Man- of laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> Good old Manhunt. One of my favorite. Was did Manhunt have that? cover of the guy in the electric chair oh that sounds like something that they would do god manhunt you know i think unbelievable the first one was even set up like you are a character on a tv show and there's this kind of this other metatextual level of this crazy tv show that's watching your adventures and will comment on things from from uh every now and then but i might be i might be remembering that wrong but (laughs) there was an attempt at comedy in there somewhere um i'm i'm it's funny because the in my history of being of 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 gaming, I have never really um, uh, been attracted into the the game that calls itself you know um, funny or whatnot. I've always kind of like been more focused on the on the simulations, on the realistic games, uh, mm-hmm. whether it's FPS, sports, um, anything like that. But the one that I've spent a lot of hours on and where I I was kind of like always. Um, caught by the comedy and the fun of it was pretty much the sims Mm, the way they interact with each other you know you were just mentioning earlier or at the beginning of our conversation where doesn't matter the dialogues but the intonation and those words even though they sound familiar like i wasn't i I was trying to depict but then i didn't want to i was just cracking i was just laughing out loud just hearing those words coming out of their mouth and also the way they the way they dance with each other. I'm like, why are you you dancing like that? Nobody (laughs) dances like that. Um, And I guess it's also the comedy that I was being, being a a, a big part of because I was, I was the one controlling those characters. Um, That was the best part of me being like, being able to create those fun scenes and and parties and gathering or stuck someone in a bathroom or something like that, (laughs) you know, like, you know, it's pretty much me controlling the fun. So, and he would always get me. So, that's what got me for a long time on Sims. Otherwise, I would have dropped it way earlier than what I did. <laughs> was just to fool around with the characters <laughs> themselves and brutalize them and all that. I think um, if I can't use Psychonauts, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that um, I will I will tend towards games with uh, that are writing the jokes kind of outright. But I, I quite like it when a game surprises me. Mm-hmm. 
with funny moments like there's a there's a part in uncharted 4 very early on that has a lot of comedy writing over it that's a a surprise so i won't spoil it for some people but even stuff like the sunset overdrives or the portals um of the world i i i kind of find myself gravitating towards them only because i appreciate just being pulled through something um even in, in the downtimes with just, like, a joke, and uh, especially games that are aware of themselves. I mean, there's all sorts of little moments in, like, Fable being able to, you know, some of the interactions with the dog, or the fact that fart was a dedicated <laughs> button, and, and why why wouldn't farts be funny? And, and it affected how people thought of you. But I, I typically don't get down with games that try too hard like a Conker's Bad Fur Day is a game that I'm I'm told people really like. <laughs> I like that one. But, yeah, it has some real some real wacky moments in it. I mean, I love the aliens reference at the end of it. I'm like, this is great. But um, yeah, I think that goes as far as to make a, a character a large pile of poo. <laughs> All right, guys, we're we're coming up against it to end the show. I have added something to our Google Doc. And I, I want us in, we'll, we'll do the order, Ryan, Sandy, Yannick, me. Um, if you scroll to the bottom of the Google Doc, do you see all these black lines of text mm-hmm. here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I am going to unhighlight each one of these, and I'm going to have you say them, okay? Okay. And what, what we're about to read, make sure you put on your sexy voices, because we're going to play mm. some sexy music. <laughs> <laughs> We're about to read some video game pickup lines. Okay, so am I am I starting off? Is that You're going to be first, okay. Ryan. Okay. Yes. Mario is red, Sonic is blue. Press start to join and be my player too. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, Sandy, you're next. Oh, yeah, no yeah. laughing. The rhymes no too. Laughing. The, the sex, rhyme goddess. The rhyme goddess at the end. Are you a video game? Because I think you're my destiny. Oh, I can't. This one should you, have been said by me. This one should have been said by me. All right, Yannick, are you ready? You ready? Here we go. Hold on, I'm not. Oh. <clears throat> okay. Here we go. Yeah. Mm. Hey, do you like Nintendo? Because we would look good together. <laughs> this is terrible. No. This doesn't. <laughs> These are all bad, and that's why they're I try great. to be we, like we. To get, <laughs> get ready to get sexy, you guys. Here we go. Are you a Pikachu? Because you are shockingly beautiful. Hmm. Hey. I got the worst one Get so far. I got the worst one. Get <laughs> All right, one more round. Here we go. Right. Want to leave this lobby and go to a private match? <laughs> <laughs> the narrative. Ryan's got it. Ryan, Ryan he does. He totally does. Well. All right, Sandy. If I was Mario, you would be my only star. <laughs> mm. uh, that's nice. That's nice. Yeah. That is nice. Ooh, I Kids, it. you can use that one. I like it. <laughs> yeah, like, I think something is wrong with my auto aim. I can't take my eyes off you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah. You should get naked so I can peek at you. Right. <laughs> oh my god. I'll allow it. <laughs>
All right, groaning aside. Uh, last, <laughs> last but not the least. Last but not <laughs> least. What a way to end Does anyone show. want to know what the one that's uh, hidden? Uh, no, not at all. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, no. it's actually pretty bad. <laughs> all right, so um, <laughs> yes, that is our video game podcast. Going to keep it for the next episode. Going to tease it <laughs> a little bit. Tease. <laughs> um, guys, as always, the best thing you can do to help a new show is rate and review it on iTunes, and doing so can get you a year of PlayStation Plus. We'll pick your review, our favorite, and uh, you'll just get a year of PS Plus. It's that easy. And uh, let's do some plugs. Mr. Heyman, where can we find you and listen to you? Yes, uh, you can hear me and my my buddies every Sunday on the Cane and Rinse podcast. That is a British podcast that uh, examines one game at a time and is kind of like a like a book club or approaches it from kind of an arts history perspective where we like to give a real thorough discussion of one game and talk about uh, contextualize it in what came before what did it inspire that came afterwards and so um you know trying to create some of that uh looking backwards in that historical precedent um and then every wednesday we release sound of play which is our spinoff podcast for video game music um that is uh and actually ryan from the show is going to be on that on the 8th of june so that's right listen out for that we just recorded that before this show so we are going back to back on that but um that is a selection of of nine pieces of video game music with a little bit of discussion in between a little bit more casual than canon and rinse but um lots of great video game music perfect for the commute and i think canon and rinse ended up on some magazine article saying mm. of, of great video game podcasts. What I love about uh, both shows is that I'm listening to a whole bunch of music that's making me want to play a bunch of new <laughs> games, and I'm uh, I just love getting like four people mm. who have all beaten a game who are ready to get into everything from the soundtrack to the graphics to the writing. It it's just a phenomenal show, and and you're great on it. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Thank you, Brian. Yeah, All right. You can uh, follow us at PixelsCast, and uh, that's it for us until next time. Aloha. Au revoir. And Ryan's going to find a different language. <laughs> um, adios and arigato. Uh, uh, yay. <laughs> yes, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>